0: Hello everyone and thank you so much as always for clicking on this podcast and this particular episode of Joe Blogs about films, whether you're a first time listener or a long time listener, like I state on every episode, it means the world, thank you for clicking on, for listening, spinning, whatever it is, it means an absolute awful lot. I've been waiting a while to do this podcast, in fairness, because I've been itching just to I just talk about it because I've been so so excited for it, so thrilled to finally play it. But Insomniac finally released the highly anticipated sequel to 2018's Giant that was Spider Man. Spider Man 2 was the sole reason that I picked up a PS5 this year because it was the game that I was so hyped and excited for. We've waited years for this sequel, haven't we? Let's be honest. And I've mentioned before that I I enjoy playing games, but I'm not like an avid, diehard gamer, you know? So that's that. But when it comes to Spidey, it's another story altogether. I think my obsession with Spider-Man games started, you know, with the game tie-in for the Spider-Man 2 movie way back in 2004. That game was a real hoot, and since then, We have had some real standouts. However, nothing compares to what Insomniac have done with their games, you know, Spider-Man and Spider-Man Miles Morales. But the million-dollar question, obviously, was, is Spider-Man 2? Was it worth the wait? Was it worth the hype? The answer, undoubtedly, is, Yes, I struggled to put this game down following its release. It is incredibly immersive, the story is fantastic, the new gizmos and gadgets and combat features are all phenomenal, and it certainly is the closest thing that you can ever feel to actually being spider-man i've done a couple of preview and discussion podcasts in the build-up to this release you know going over what i was looking forward to from what we you know shown in the trailers or what i would like to see but t- to be honest nothing could have prepared me or us you know the fans for just how good This game is or was now to see the trailers and gameplay is one thing, but to actually sit and play the game yourself is something else like the game has broken records for Sony being the fastest selling game. And there's there's a reason for it. You know, the game is genuinely it's just outstanding and in a nutshell, a real joy to play. Now, I completed the story and left myself about 20% of other side missions to complete just so that once having, you know, finished the the actual narrative, I I just wanted to enjoy, you know, the gameplay a little bit longer, you know, the game itself, the world, a little bit longer. I I mean, I am absolutely going to start this game again from start to finish very soon, no doubt as soon as I've just done everything everything you know i'll be starting a new game or even maybe i'll play all three games back to back or something that that is also an idea i've got for the christmas holidays you know those periods in between those limbo days where you've got christmas and new year's but in between it's just like nothingness they're prime game time for me so that is something i'm definitely definitely eyeing up and i'm not going to sit and say that everything and everything was 10 out of 10 for the game you know for spider-man 2 there were things that i do think worked better in the original game i loved pretty much every aspect of the story in the first game and yeah the sequel is grander and it goes big with its plot but i couldn't help but think that like i mean there are similarities obviously with with that third act narrative you know obviously in the first one the raft is unleashed there we go And then in this one, we've got obviously the Venom side of things for that third act. There's things that obviously with the symbiotes as well that did feel very similar in that sense for that final act. But it's just that... I felt like there was way more emotion um, in the first game, especially, obviously, with that passing this and that. I don't know, like, I thought that the Otto Octavius, the whole transformation of that was absolutely overwhelming at times. It was so good, and, like, the Sinister Six was so good that part of me is, like, leaning a little bit, like, I absolutely adore the second game. Like, please don't take anything... I'm not saying the game is bad or anything, it's just that when you compare the two, some things are really great in the first one and some things are, like, excellent in the second one. So they're just really good games at the end of the day. It's, like, it's hard to pick, but, like, as I say... Don't take what I'm saying there as in I'm dissing Spider-Man 2, because even Spider-Man 2 stories, even if I did prefer elements of the first one, the second one is absolutely incredible. Like, the twists and turns, they were so enthralling in the second game, and I just, again, loved traversing around this huge map that we do have in Spider-Man 2. If you're a Spider-Man fan, this game is an absolute must, and I really, really cannot wait for what will probably be the final chapter in Peter Parker's trilogy of Spider-Man stories. Like the next one is going to, again, I can only see it just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I really cannot wait to see what happens next. But before we do proceed, I will be diving into spoilers, obviously, because the game has now been out for three weeks now. So I think I'm in the all clear to be able to dive into a little bit more juicy details um, but we just want to, you know, we just want to have a good old discussion. Just me waffling about how much I enjoyed this game, you know. But there's warnings there, obviously, for spoilers. But the pod is available on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. As to RSS.com, if you jump onto Facebook and Instagram, search Joe Blogs about films onto there. Give us a like and a follow; that'd be lovely. And if you too could hit the notification button on wherever it is that you listen to this podcast from. Whether that be Apple or Spotify, you'll be notified again when new episodes are uploaded. Finally, leave us a review on wherever it is that you are listening to this podcast from. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, I don't know, wherever that would mean an absolute world. Five star, four stars, whatever stars, I don't mind. Please leave us a review. The incredible power of the symbiote forces Peter and Miles to face the ultimate test of strength, both inside and outside the mask, as they balance their lives, friendships and their duty to protect those in need. Well let's dive to the Spider Men first off, because it's their game, obviously, it's their story, and I do really love these two together. Peter and Miles, I think are a tremendous, tremendous duo. They're back and forth between the two of them, and just seeing them team up, you know, throughout the entirety of the game, is crazy in a way, because It's just so cool having two Spider Men in one feature. As a kid, we just you know you'd live to see one Spider Man doing anything. Now we're getting two. It's just marvelous, really, what they're doing with these characters. And again, by having two of them in one feature, it just makes the game even feel bigger. It's already massive as it is, but the scope in every department—it's so huge. That theme of togetherness as well doesn't just lie between Miles and Peter, but it's that circle they've got as well. You know, like. Of course, we need the Spider-Men to save the day, of course. And at times, they have to help save themselves, save between themselves kind of thing. But neither of them would be as strong if it wasn't for that support bubble that they have around them. They're both dealing as well with losses on the back of the original and the spin-off. And with loss comes the darkness, you know, that this game ultimately possesses. And I'm not just talking about the symbiote, that's obviously a given. But with the arrival of, like, the big bad that is Kraven it opens up old wounds that have still not healed for the likes of Miles. And on obviously many levels, that too is what happens with Peter. But I did really love all within this narrative, just how much it allowed us to peel away at these layers for our heroes. you know. And at times, you really didn't know what was going to happen next within the story. Like Miles, he's still dealing with the loss of his father at the hands of Martin Lee, obviously A.K. Mr. Negative, and also trying to be a better Spider-Man, be... Like Peter's level of Spider-Man, you know what I mean? Whereas obviously Peter as well is obviously coping with Aunt May and trying to find stability in his life with MJ and also make ends meet. You know, there's a lot of things that come into this that just pull characters from here to there and it's it's why when you see like the symbiote we brought into it and the levels, like I say, of the darkness that possessed that comes with that... It's easy to see how someone could be easily consumed when they're dealing with so much. Like, I just didn't know what was going to happen. The story was so jam-packed and nothing really ever felt like it was off the table. Like, I wouldn't have been surprised if the symbiote ended up on Miles for a brief period, you know. Like, given everything we see with Miles throughout the story and the narrative is, you know, vendetta against Lee throughout the game... It just felt like at one, any point, you know, well, Peter's got symbiote you with know, well, Miles. It, be, the thing is, if that happened, you'd be like, "Yep, that makes sense. <laughs> That's where it's gone." So it really kept you on your toes throughout. Something that Insomniac was so good at doing, because obviously they keep their, you know, cards close to their chest with the marketing front, this and that. Um, so you never know who or what could pop up next, you know. Though in true Insomniac fashion, just speaking about Miles and obviously that vendetta against Lee. I thought they did such a tremendous job with the closure of that chapter for Miles, showing that growth from start to finish, and allowing him to become that better Spider-Man. You know, and Insomniac have recently come out and said that it is now leaning, or at least moving down that pathway of Miles being the Spider-Man of their of their world of of moving forward with new games, new stories. And again, I'm all for that. Like it makes sense. You know, we've got we've got the young apprentice or Padawan or whatever that's now becoming. His own but he is like his own Spider-Man because by the end, Pete's obviously gonna go off and do his own thing just for a little bit, focusing on himself and the Emily May Foundation, this and that. Miles is now the only Spider-Man that's gonna be free, roaming and protecting the city. He'll obviously use help from Peter when he can, but I love that. I love that we're heading down that way. You know, it's passing on the bat and it's now time to see new stories. And to be honest with you as well, what I love with the 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 Miles side of it is that we're getting to see him interact with so many iconic characters you know like we've seen in so many different iterations and variations you know of Peter Parker Spider-Man tackling Venom tackling Kraven you know what I mean but to see like Miles as well on such a mainstream platform tackling like in the in his game like Rhino and then in this you've got Venom and Craven and all of those other side quests and such that come with it it's really really and Mysterio sorry as well obviously Mysterio it's just I love seeing that and I think that's such a good trajectory moving forward for the third one or even Miles next spin-off, just like again that 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 continuation of that growth of the character i'm all here for it anyways that was a really long like side tangent about how excited i am about miles like progressing and and, and moving the story forward but I am, I think that's just down to the brilliant storytelling, like, it's just, that's how Insomniac have worked and moulded this story so well, you know, but whilst we are talking about the leads, it is worth pointing out the incredibly talented voice actors for the game, Yuri Lowenthal and Naji Jeta, both absolutely excellent, obviously none more so than Yuri Lowenthal, because his range was staggering, you know, flipping from your friendly neighbourhood Spider-Man to then the symbiote and dark and moody Spider-Man was nothing short of remarkable, you know. Every line was really felt and delivered so exceptionally. Like, if you thought the first Spidey outing had a huge punch of emotional range, or rage even, think again, you know. This is really, really, like, next-level stuff. And the same as well for Naji Jaita, who, again, like, I loved... Like, when he, when he comes across, obviously, like, facing off Lee and stuff... All that emotion that comes through, and with that, he just didn't leave anything behind in those moments. They were incredible, and I really did love his interaction with his love interest, Haley. obviously another great character that we spend a little more time with in this game. It was a really beautiful relationship in chemistry that those two had, I felt, and then Somniak again have really tapped really well into that. And the final actor, obviously, worth noting, is, of course, the iconic Tony Todd portraying Venom. Spider-Man fans of the 90s obviously always had, you know, a top Venom interpretation, courtesy of the animated series. And then we got that iffy Topher Grace Venom, which was whatever about Spider-Man 3. But since then, it's kind of been a dream, to be honest, with the Venom character. Say what you want about Tom Hardy's films, but I very much liked the first one and thought that the second one was just, you know, okay at best. But the Venom character portrayal was always a standout, along with the symbiotic relationship between Venom and Eddie Brock. Well... Tony Todd's voice work and Insomniac's development and creative team may have exceeded and surpassed all expectations with Venom and the design as Christ was his character, menacing and fantastic to look at on screen. I thought Todd did a remarkable job with the voice work and I hope this isn't the last that we hear of him in this universe. It seems that some loose ends that were left are going to be wrapped up because I believe that Tony Todd is in fact recording more lines and doing more work for Insomniac, so I'm assuming we're gonna see something to do with the DLC, maybe. I would love it. I mean there's plenty to talk about with Venom, but we will get there. Really, really though, loved Tony Todd as Venom. Really cool. And it was also really nice as well to see Tom Hardy's uh like praise for him or just like approval we should say. On, uh, on the socials let's let's do like a multiverse saga of those two together eh? because that, that would be awesome but to the actual game story and the gameplay itself now like it's just so grand and scale like I say it's so far bigger than the first literally the map is gigantic as we know but it's way darker as well uh, than the first game tonally which is obviously to be expected but the main thing for me was just how immersive it was overall like the details in New York and the pockets within the streets. This literally is the city that never sleeps and there is so much to explore and see in this game. You know, every nook and cranny or whatever, every street corner, there's just something to see. Details such as seeing people in their apartments as you're, like, either running up the side of the building or crawling across, you know what I mean? Like, it was so defined and, like, the amount of traffic as well that are on the streets, just everything feels so dense, you know? There is always something to see in the game and i'm not really like a know-it-all in with like gameplay mechanics and whatnot like i say this is joe Bloggs about films not joe Bloggs about game but i just found that some new features were just oh, just absolutely brilliant being able to use two sets of different special powers or you know different moves courtesy of l1 and r1 honestly was a joy you know picking what to use on enemies next or even unlocking a new skill was always exciting as i couldn't wait to get back on the streets and try them out you know there's some ace ones in here for both peter and miles like the new lightning skill set that miles gets on top of his venom powers are just brilliant so much bloody fun like i loved seeing these showcasing the gameplay trailer that we got earlier this year and to be able to use them as I say yourself it's just ace so ace and i would say that understandably peter's skill set are better when they are symbiote related you get your standard special moves courtesy of the mechanical spider arms and again they do the trick they're very much fun to use and don't get me wrong that is grand, but once that symbiote suit is on, oh boy, oh boy, do things get cranked up an awful lot. Like there's like a rampage mode, which is stunning, absolutely stunning. It's like people comparing it to God of War. Um, obviously, Ragnarok. I'm sure I've done it in the first one, but there's obviously like a rampage mode in that as well, where you and just you're just flinging people everywhere. The the amount of amazing slow mo shots that are in those sequences when he's tackling people in like rage mode. Is unbelievable. Other things that stood out for me as well was the web swinging felt a lot tighter and easier and faster too, which allows you to get from A to B a heck of a lot quicker. Added as well the brilliant use of web wings, which again, traversing, I already said it earlier, this made it even more of a joy because the map's huge, you know, and like that, the wind tunnels or whatever, wind pockets or whatever, you're just flying literally obviously i know you are absolutely just floating like walking in the air basically you can do fast travel too which to be honest like i think i've used once or twice and i'm i'm not even kidding like I, I didn't really see the need for fast travel when it's so much fun traversing around the city as these characters you know honestly just swing and glide all day for me like honestly it was so so good but I want to jump some real real standouts, courtesy of the game story like the main thing for me I would say overall which is I knew I was going to enjoy it but I didn't I didn't think I'd enjoy it this much but I thought Craven was the standout in my opinion like I'm so happy that younger fans that probably never come across Craven properly before have had a great adaptation ahead of the Sony film that's coming out next year, because we all know that's just going to be another, oh, I don't know what to expect, but it's probably going to be another Venom situation where some love it and some are going to absolutely loathe it, so we'll see how that goes next year. But, you know, this story of Craven coming to New York and using it as his hunting ground was... Just a brilliant take, and one that pushed the game a lot further, in my opinion, compared to the first one, that is, anyways. The amount of side missions, in addition to the main story, revolving around Craven, they, too, were so much fun, and again, so much bigger than the first one. It felt like the difficulty, as well, in a way, even when you've got it on your standard setting, it was upped a tad more for the mercenaries, as they are genuinely good hunters, as Craven is, too. And I also like that when fighting them, you weren't just button-smashing, necessarily. You had to rely on, like the new parry that they've got in there, the new parry feature to take down some of the bigger brutes within Craven's army. And that continues, obviously, into the third act. But it was just a nice, again, addition to, like I said there, just not be having to just, just smash square. <laughs> but doing that is also fun. I found that Craven really was engaging as well as a villain. Like I love the idea of him searching for classic Spidey villains to see if they were worthy opponents. Spoilers: not many of them are. But this again added to that fear surrounding Craven because he was such a force to be reckoned with. And even even Peter's Spider-Man couldn't handle the heat. You know, point is simply, I don't think Spider-Man would have stood as close a chance had it not been for the symbiote. So well, it's obviously it's not it wouldn't have because essentially gave him a killer blow, didn't it? And, and even even after the symbiote gets attached to spider-man it's not spider-man that defeats him is it so there you go but aside from craven i did really enjoy the reintroduction of harry and just the ramifications of this for peter and miles in more ways than one obviously harry of course brings in the symbiote story but he also brings a level of insecurity for miles as peter begins drifting away slightly which of course can cause jealousy like miles looks up to peter obviously at the end of the day and he wants to be as good as spider-man as he is i said earlier the thing is miles is he is pretty much already there, meaning that Peter can allow more downtime or you know time spent working on a new project. Obviously, in this game, that's the Emily May Foundation, which, of course, plays a big factor into Harry's story of healing the world. Harry coming into the game essentially strengthens the friendship and bond between Peter and Miles, whilst also maintaining the closeness he and Peter have had all his life, which, was again, was landed perfectly, I thought. But whilst we are talking about Harry, it makes sense to talk about the symbiote within the game, because honestly, I just again like as, I keep thinking like as a kid's really enjoying just Spider Man in general, but enjoying like the Venom storyline, this that and the other. But then to be you know like thirty now, <laughs> and then still being overjoyed by a very good symbiote story, and and almost like. You know when they do that thing when you're like, oh, imagine if like you could go back and tell your like younger self, oh, you'll be playing this in like 20-whatever years' time or whatever. It'd blow their freaking minds. I just do think of that. When you think about that first Spider-Man 1 game, which is a classic in its own right, real nostalgia hit, you think about where we've come to now. Obviously, that was PS1. Now we're on PS5, and it's like you just see a shot of Venom and the detail, the cinematic levels that it is. It could be a film. You're like, oh, what? what a time, man! What a time, but... So many teasers after so many teasers, it was just really great to finally be here in the sequel, seeing the symbiote story unfold firsthand, you know? We fans have been excited for the arrival of the symbiote and ultimately Venom in the sequel since that post-credit sting that we had, you know, with Norman and Harry in the first one. And, And both of them, I thought that... Everything that's been building up between those two has been has been excellent and wetting the appetite and ramping up the excitement of Venom's inevitable arrival. The symbiote storyline in the game is fantastic, especially once it gets hold on Peter, you know. That for me is where the, that that is honestly where the game peaked. I adored playing in the symbiote suit, you know, but we'll pin that for a second, as there's a lot of other surprises in that build-up. Like, Insomniac raised the bar of Spider-Man storytelling with its original take on the character back in 2018, so we knew that the symbiote storyline would be drastically different coming into this game. This then led to many, many, many theories online of who exactly would become Venom, given the announcement that it definitely wasn't going to be Eddie Brock. I, myself, was invested in so many ideas and theories of who would become the infamous character, you know, range from Craven, taking the mantle, maybe... Peter would even let the symbiote consume him and become full on Venom Norman Osborn was rumoured or even the likes of Kingpin which was a bit left field quickly speaking about Kingpin I did miss him in the game a cameo would have been nice perhaps but it wasn't to be but I did miss him in the game but I, I, I will say that most did think that Harry was going to become Venom especially from the teasers and the post credits things that we'd seen already however I thought that I, I just thought Insomniac were misleading us like I thought they were going to be like oh yeah you think it's going to be Harry do you wrong you know I thought that maybe obviously he would have it you know he'd have it for a period of time, but it just wouldn't become Venom, you know. Turns out that we should have just gone on instincts and gone on what the trailers were saying, because it was Harry Osborne that became Venom. That like, that fair enough, it worked. And I felt as the story progressed, it was only ever gonna go that way, wasn't it? Like we see Harry fit as a fiddle following his treatment and thus looking to heal the world with Peter alongside as they embarked on the Emily May Foundation. However, once the symbiote chose Peter following Craven, giving him that deathly blow, as I said earlier, the fractions and like the jealousy between Harry and Peter just grew and grew, leading him to becoming the big bad. It was just always going to be that way, wasn't it? As soon as the Peter was unable to give him back the suit, and then didn't want to give him the symbiote once he did get it off. You know, it's like Harry would say, "It's like what I can save you, you get to live, but you don't want to save me." Is that what? So it just just kept bubbling and bubbling. And I just really loved that side of the story, you know, of Harry. You know, to start with being a superhero. Once he starts, you know, helping out Peter on these quests and such, seeing the symbiote give him these superpowers, and then he and Spider-Man coming together to save the save the day every now and then. It was just, it was really cool and really refreshing. I thought it was again something that I wasn't expecting from the game. But as for being able to play as Venom, once he transforms into the villain, Jesus, that was great. That great doesn't even cut it to describe how good it is. I'm just looking for other descriptive words to say, but. Christ, yeah, like, oh my god, it was, it was unbelievable, you know, I was curious if Venom would have been a playable character, and Insomniac delivered superbly in the chapter titled Don't Be Afraid, epic reveal, an introduction to Venom, and one that worked again perfectly, following the build-up of Harry's growing rage towards Peter, and I will come back to Harry and the Venom arc in a tick, but I just want to talk about the best part of the game, which was Peter donning the symbiote suit, I was alluding to this earlier, but this for me was where the game was at its peak, like perhaps because this part of the story and the gameplay was so good and he got to such highs with it that once that's gone, it does feel like a little bit of a comedown. I love the game, absolutely, don't get me wrong, but these moments where Peter is full-on Bully Maguire mode... It just was so, so fun to play. We get some incredible sequences alongside the lizard within the sequences of him with the symbiote suit as well. And as shown in the gameplay trailer, that is incredible. But that is just a fraction of the action and the fun that comes with that lizard entrance, you know. A quick shout as well to the brutal dialogue of Peter. What he throws shade at Connors as he's in lizard form. Like, the symbiote really has kicked in when he's saying lines like, no wonder your family left you. (laughs) It's just, it's so harsh. It's so harsh, but hilarious. Now, the thing overall with Spider-Man 2 is, again, it just kept you guessing, kept you guessing what was going to come next. The summer twists and turns, not just in the main story, but the side quests too. And I just think Insomniac did such a great job with the surprises and such that were in there. You know, especially like, those flame throwing shits that you have to defeat as well caused me such frustration at time, especially when you learn how to parry and stuff. But like their introduction and what that comes down to, that is really, really cool. Because again, it's super interesting keeping you guessing and seeing that Cletus Cassidy is the leader of this like flame culty bunch or whatever, teasing the arrival of Carnage. That moment was one of my favourites of the game, and also the cameo from Chameleon, that too, and Chameleon being Craven's brother, like holy freaking heck, like what this is it. This is what I love about Insomniac and what they do within the game. I thought as well, obviously while we're talking about Venom and such too, his fight with Craven. this is whilst you are obviously playing as Venom, you get to have a great boss fight with Craven. How brutal, how brutal was it? All the way through Craven he's wanting to unleash the monster that is the symbiote. He wants to continuously, every time he sees what it's capable of, like, the power that it has, we should say. He knows that there's more to it. He knows that there's something even darker in there. And even when Peter's got the suit on, he is still trying to push and push and push and push and just see what the symbiote can do. Like, Peter possibly could have killed Kraven in fairness. I mean, I was saying that, I said earlier, obviously, it wasn't even Peter's symbiote, spider Spider-Man, or that killed Kraven. Obviously, it was Venom. But there was that moment just before Peter obviously takes off the symbiote suit when he has gone full-on symbiote mode and he is absolutely like tentacles, this and the other strangling Craven And Craven's all like harder, a bit of a kink, I guess. But like, you know, if Miles hadn't have stepped in and been like, dude, you can't do this. And then they have their tussle. It probably would have been that Craven would have been obviously disposed of there and then. But I'm glad he didn't because I, I did think that. I was like, was thinking? Oh my God, he's going to kill him. He's going to kill him. He's going to kill him. Didn't happen, but then when Venom just picks him up and obviously munches his head off... I couldn't believe what I was watching. I, I honestly, and and again, we talk about the cinematic levels and like the theatrical scale of the of, the, of the, I was going to say of the film because that's what I'm alluding to of the game. It felt like a film. You know, what I mean, those moments felt like you were watching. So I, I remember like you'd be watching a cutscene and then at any like, oh shit, yeah, I've got to, I've got to pick up my cut. I need to actually like crack on down. I need to do the I need to do this level. I just loved all of that. Like in addition to that moment as well, after Venom's eaten Craven's head. You see, like, Harry's personalities slip out again because he, like, kind of looks at what... You can't believe what he's done. He's looking at his hands. He's become an actual monster. Like, the symbiote and he are perfectly bonding. And it's scary because, obviously, there is that chance then that to separate the two, Harry's got to go. But there's just... There's so much, like I could say, in terms of, like... I was just talking about the cinematic scales, but also, like, the Sandman mission at the start was fantastic not just a fantastic opening but a fantastic tutorial as well for anyone that let's just say you've never played the first game this is your first time playing a spider-man game brings you into it super super nicely like the best way to like go right okay this is what the game's about this is how you play it it was unbelievable that opening i thought the mysterio side missions as well were a lot of fun and it was great having that again like i speak about earlier seeing miles having that centered around him and saving civilians that have gotten lost in that illusion like there's some really really cool stuff in there and there's also like the portals as well i, I really like the the look of those portals that you entered and exited the game design looks so slick for that which also speaking of portals the black cat chase sequence while she's got the artifact or whatever from dr strange opening and flying through portals into different parts of the city or the world was incredible and again a huge huge highlight i was celebrating this like i'd scored a 90th minute winner on fifa or something when that happened like i was absolutely having a blast with that moment and that's the thing like obviously i've sat here now waffled on for however long there's probably loads of things i've really not touched upon in terms of maybe more in-depth game twists and turns or whatever but i could ramble for hours about spider-man 2 it was worth the wait worth the hype and just a joy i've said that word an awful lot during this podcast i know but it was a joy to play and i'm excited to see where things are going obviously we're looking ahead at this final chapter of the trilogy but i just hope that they can carry on and give us so much and so much and so much more from the spider-man world you know like they can do spin-offs, whatever. I just think that this game is it's one of those where you can see how much heart and how much care, desire, all those words, you know, people really, really love this character or characters we should say, sorry, and they want to give us the best thing that they possibly can. We've you know The first one coming out in 2018, 2023 now, it's a good amount of time for them to be really adapting to working to make it the best it possibly could. And I don't really see how they could make it better. Fair enough, yeah, it might have had a few glitches in there. There's some really funny ones. You can turn Spider-Man into a cube or something daft like that. I don't know how that's not happened to me yet, but I did run into a couple of glitches within the gameplay, getting stuck in buildings or whatever. Uh, whatever, it's going to happen. I think that you can forgive it, though, when stuff like that does happen, if you do have to, like, respawn from your last save point, because the game is so... It's so good, and the map is massive. You know, everything just felt wonderful. It is a true testament to Insomniac and to whatever everyone else has put into it. It's no coincidence, obviously, that everyone is just singing its bloody high praise for this game because it is. For me, obviously, I don't, as I say, I'm not a big gamer. It is Game of the Year for me, undoubtedly. I think it's absolutely fantastic what they've done with it. It's just absolutely brilliant. Like the first, will always have my heart. Don't get me wrong; like I love the first one, but this sequel cannot be denied. It is one of the best, if not the best superhero games that has ever been made unbelievable absolute thrill ride 9.5 out of 10 without a shadow of a doubt I mean I could push it to a 10 it's just that like I was saying earlier like, I really love the Sinister Six twists and turns with that in the first one as to like the emotional hits that are in there and plus because the first one was so unique and so new and refreshing it's always I'm always going to sway sway a little bit towards it but I cannot deny that this game is a massive step up massive step up everything i can't wait to play it again i can't wait to play it again basically but if you've played Spider Man too and have enjoyed it as much as i have please let me know because i would be thrilled to chat to you about it more so than i already have but thank you as always for checking out this podcast i really do appreciate it again get in touch in the socials thank you as always though it means the absolute world until the next episode take care